You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. So we're excited that you're here in the house of the Lord, and obviously all the ones also that are joining us online tonight, uh, and also the ones that are listening online, thank you for joining us, and uh, we're glad that you're with us tonight. And uh, we're going right into um, lesson number five, and uh, what we've done so far is the first two sections, a love and respect uh, of God, a love and respect of yourself. And uh, tonight we start the third section, uh, Love and Respect of Others. And so um, this is based upon the capstone project that we did for our master's program. And uh, so we're focusing. You have some uh, fill-in-the-blank notes there that you can have with you, obviously, after, after the, the series is complete, you can have all of those notes with you. And so tonight we're starting Lesson 5 on the societal issues uh, of children. There's a lot of things that um, our children, our grandkids, our, our, the, the children that we're guardians of, our family members, or whatever the case is, a lot of things that they're dealing with in society today. It's a different day than it was 50 years ago. Very different. And so there's a lot of societal issues. There may uh, have some of the same challenges, but obviously uh, there's some challenges today that are, uh, they are quite different from what they were 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And so we're basing our uh, Scripture passage tonight on Jeremiah uh, 1 and verse 5. Uh, this is what it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is a a powerful verse of how important you and I are uh, to the Lord. And obviously, as you read this verse, you see that when when you were a child, God God knew you before, before you were you were born. He sanctified you. He ordained you. And so uh, it's no different. The verses uh, that, that you're reading, the verse in Jeremiah chapter 1, it transcends uh, generations, families. This verse is just as powerful for our children today as it was for you. Just as powerful. And so we, we have to understand that that uh, before we were ever formed in the womb, then God uh, had his hand on our lives. He knew. He knew. There's, you're not a surprise to God. You're, you're not a surprise at all. There's no children born that are a surprise to the Lord. Uh, no, you were formed in the womb. He, he, he knew you. He sanctified you. He ordained you. So the family... Uh, remains the most fundamental unit of our modern culture. The family is both a biological and a cultural group. Uh, It is biological in the sense 
that it is the arrangement for the birth of children and the protecting them while they are dependent. And so this has never changed from the beginning of time. Children need to be uh, protected and they need to be dependent on someone. Doesn't matter uh, where they live, doesn't matter what culture they are, doesn't matter what their background is, a, a, a child is dependent upon an adult of some sort. And so uh, that's, the, that's a, a, the biological sense. You can't change that when it comes to children. They are going to be dependent. And um, there's, there's a wonderful thing about uh, the, 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 the expectation parents have, uh, grandparents have, whatever the case is, when a new baby is born, and I watch it happen in the church, people, people of all ages, they want to see the baby, they want to know the baby's name, they want to know the baby's weight, they're, 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 everybody is commenting on the baby. Never gets old, does it? Never gets old. Never get, I never get bored seeing a new baby. No, ever. Uh, it's exciting, actually. It's, it's the life uh, of the church. That is a biological sense of the arrangement of birth. It is a cultural group because it brings into association persons of different age and sex who renew and reshape society into which they were born. And so this is the part where I said, you know, things have changed over the last number of decades. It has changed in the sense of how or the type of world our children are coming into. It's a very different time. Uh, the family serves as the workshop for the transmissions of old traditions and for, obviously, the creation of new social values. So, Here's the balancing act. The balancing act is holding on to traditions that have been there from the beginning and trying to combine that with the social issues that we deal with today. And that is a, that is a challenge. And if you want to have explanation of that, then you can, you can see how uh, daycares are run. You can see how, 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 how schools are run. This is... This is, uh, the, the day that we live in is very, very different than the one-room schoolhouse. It's very different. I mean, I never went to a one-room schoolhouse except for the church. Uh, where I grew up, that's what we bought for a church was a one-room schoolhouse where all the grades went to the same building. You could imagine the chaos of that. Well, that's, that's not obviously the way it happens today. So you're trying to hold on to old traditions and obviously new social values. It is hard to fathom how much change has happened in society since uh, Gessel wrote those words in 1943. So the words that I just read to you where the family serves as uh, the workshop, uh, Gessel wrote those in 1943. Can you imagine uh, what those uh, what that would be magnified in 2021. If that was what was being said in 1943, 
I mean, there would be exclamation marks behind those statements today. Uh, yet the fundamental unit of the family still remains as the crucial element to those who are raising children. The first institution that God ever put in place was the family. And so there is an attack on the family. There is a challenge against the family. But that is the first institution God put in place. And so that family uh, unit, that, that fundamental unit of the family still remains today uh, a, a very, well, it's the most important element of our society. When you see breakdowns within our society, you'll see breakdowns within the family unit. Okay, so uh, this is realized in an even greater capacity as the words of Jeremiah are read. Before the child was formed in the womb, God knew everything about the child, and the child was sanctified. The desire of the Lord was for the child to be ceremonially and morally clean. Every child that's born, there's a desire of God for that child to serve him. And so that's, that's the goal. God's, God's been trying to do that from the garden. There's, there's, and you'll see verses in the Bible where it says things like, everybody has a measure of faith. Uh, everybody has a measure of faith. Nobody is ex excluded. You say, well, you know what? I don't believe in God. You still have a measure of faith. Okay, so uh, what happens is God put it in there that, you know, for uh, the desire is that a child would be ceremonially and morally clean. God desires that. The deterioration of society has not changed the fact that parents must be diligent in preparation concerning societal issues. No matter how bad that the world gets, the importance is is just as strong upon the parent. It hasn't changed. So uh, my responsibility cannot be pushed off to someone. It is absolutely crucial. I must be diligent in preparation for children and societal issues. It has increased the necessity for parents to be prepared to deal with things like racial issues, immoral issues that are being treated uh, or addiction issues and sexual issues. According to Dr. Jackson, there are issues that are being treated in adults that can be traced back to societal concerns within the family unit, such as incarceration, mental issues, violence, divorce, and substance abuse. So you got adolescents that are dealing with things in society. They're able to trace those things back to when the person was a child. I use the simple explanation, but it is such a, a powerful issue that people are dealing with. So someone that's in their 20s, 30s, 40s that's, um, that was abandoned as a child still are dealing with those issues of abandonment. They can be traced back to when maybe dad or mom left home, left the child. Uh, the child was put into someone else's hands. That affects a person until they get healed emotionally and mentally from that serious issue. And so, actually, um, the deterioration of society hasn't changed the importance 
that we have as parents, grandparents, guardians of making sure children have a healthy environment in the society that they live in today. So that first institution that was ever put in place by God was the family. So the enemy of this world is continually trying to affect that unit. It was when, when, when God put that family in place ever since that time, the enemy's trying to tear it apart. Uh, one of the ways that the family unit is being challenged in the 21st century is through societal concerns. And these concerns appear uh, to be affecting children at younger and younger ages in ways such as, and we're going to go through a list, things that are affecting children at a young age when they should still be able to be a child. So the idea of bullying... Bullying has become a major issue in our society. That's not just in person, on the playground. That's also cyber. It's happening, and, and um, interestingly enough, lots of people can hide behind the screen and say all kinds of things. And it's become, it's become a huge issue with children, where children are majorly affected some even to the point of taking their own lives because of bullying. Uh, this, is, this is a societal issue that you have to, as a parent, stay extremely involved in your child, grandchild, uh, his life. Uh, number two, peer pressure. The peer pressure of a child's appearance, their popularity, their economics. These are all things that are affecting children today. Children are being scrutinized on their appearance. They're just a child. But media has, has um, brought them into the crosshairs of advertisement and all types of things that are the peer pressure is upon a child. The popularity is upon a child. And, and then obviously their economic status, where they are in, in, in life, and whether they're capable of, of, of keeping up with, we say, the Joneses, or whatever the case. If your Jones, last name is Jones tonight, I'm not speaking about you. Uh, it's a phrase. We're, 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 they're continually being bombarded with. Um, and the pressure is on parents to try to keep up the pace. And you can see how a deterioration can happen, and that has no bearing on how awesome the child is. Okay? Um, it's funny how things change, but I don't know. When we were growing up, if if I had a pair of jeans with holes in them, then either got past or we got a new pair. Now you buy them with holes in them. There's, there's a, a challenge of keeping up with. And so uh, that, that's a huge pressure on children. And it's becoming at an earlier and earlier age. Uh, sexual orientation is a societal issue that is a huge, a huge concern 
for parents today that, um, that is happening. And listen, uh, children are being introduced into this type of language. And I'll just make it as plain and simple as I can make it, unnecessarily. Um, I think, and I have no doubt about the, the responsibility of the mom and dad to be part of those conversations. I'll, I'll share, I, I've shared a quite a bit of personal experience because that's what I know best. And um, I remember, of course, we had children, as you know. It's not that long ago. And uh, I remember um, one of the children coming home and of course, there was a note for me to sign, paper, for them to um, take a sexual education class. And I was to sign that paper. And um, I just put a little note on the bottom for the teacher to call me. And I just had two simple statements. They weren't based upon popularity. I wasn't trying to be popular. I was trying to, this is my child. So I just made two simple statements. If you're teaching abstinence and no alternate lifestyle, then my child can be in the class. If abstinence is not being taught and alternate lifestyle is, then my child won't be in the class. It's that simple. It's, it's a black and white for me. And, uh, of course, the teacher called, and she was quite nervous. Um, but it's, it wasn't, I wasn't mad at her. I wasn't upset with her. I just made, it made it very clear. Uh, this, is, this is my baby, and I'm going to protect her. And um, don't have to teach all the other stuff if you teach abstinence. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff. So that's, that's the world we're up against, okay? And this is, you say, Pastor, you're dab I'm dabbling. I'm dabbling, and I don't, I don't have no apology for it. Because we as a society have to say, this is where the line is for us. This is where the line is. we got to protect our kids. This is societal issues that are affecting children for the rest of their lives. It's not popular. But I didn't become a minister to be popular. So, um, next is substance abuse. Obviously, that is being, that's being introduced uh, at a very early age as well. Um, I, I, I look at some of these examples, and again, I'm using personal experience because it just to give you, and, I, I, and this is outdated material. <laughs> hey, I've got grandkids now. This is outdated. But my, my kids come home in grade seven with a paper to sign whether it was okay for them to smoke. And I'm wondering who's buying them the cigarettes because they can't do it. What do you mean sign a paper whether they can go to the smoking section at the school? What, are you crazy? This is... And I'm talking 20, 20 some years ago. Like, this is. 
And we wonder why we're dealing with 20, 25, 30-year-olds that are addicted. Okay, this is, we got to step back and say, you know what? This institution of family was the first thing put in place, and we got to take a hold of that institution and protect it with everything within us. Everything within us. Pedophilia of children, I mean, it's a real thing, church. Okay, the, the pornography of children online is devastating. We're, we're dealing with a, a sick society. You've got to protect your kids. And that's why we have such a strong plan to protect in this church. It is important that kids are safe. Safe. Amen. If it seems like we're going over the top at times, it's okay. We're going to keep your kids, your grandkids safe to the best of our ability. Racial tensions. The society that we're living in, there's such a push. I said it on Sunday. I'll say it again. There's only one race. It's the human race. Okay? We're all made in the image of God. Hallelujah. We're, we're fear, fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. This is not about one race being greater than another. That's, that's not true. That's foolish. That's society. Don't allow that to creep into your thinking. Suicidal issues happening with children. It just breaks my heart when I see young people that have succumbed to suicide at a young age that couldn't deal with things like that we're talking about here. These are, these are all things that affect children. Suicide is not at, at just an adult problem. It isn't. Uh, divorce, the feeling of abandonment, obviously affects children. Children get caught up in that, that breakup. And uh, children are the ones that take the blunt. Adults have, adults have life's experiences to deal with. Children don't have life's experiences to deal with it. And it's so devastating to children. And then chronic illness. These are all things that affect our children. We have to be on guard, on guard in all of these. Psychologists increasingly recognize that the role of culture processes of children's psychological development, they understand that the beliefs, values, and practices that are shared historically and organized by community groups or people are instrumental in the well-being of children. This is not coming from a, a Christian or a spiritual mentality, but they realize, they have come to the understanding that beliefs and val values and morals uh, and a community of people raising children does determine their successes. As soon as you start and you take a parent, per se, out of the home, it's going to affect the child. The child has to have the mother. The child has to have the father. Now listen, I understand there's circumstances, but there's got to be some picking up and filling in those spaces because it does affect 
The unit has been broken. And so even, even um, psychologists are figuring out, they've got it, that beliefs and values and morals are, 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 are you know, it's, it's a historical fact that they affect the raising of the children, Debonica 2020. While further research may be required, it appears that psychologists realize the correlation of the well-being of children with beliefs, values, and the community groups. They, they see that there is a difference. Well, in the church, we know there is a difference. I can tell you without a doubt, because I was brought up in the church, it affected my life. It affected me. I mean, it put a, a foundation, a, a moral belief system in my life. Bringing, bringing those, uh, listen, can I just tell you this right now? Don't ever feel bad about your kids being in church. Don't ever feel bad that, you know, they're a little squirmy and a little noisy and there's a little screech here and there. That doesn't bother me one iota. The best place for them to be is in the house of God. Let them learn the value of being in God's house and with God's family and the community of people that are upholding them and, and allowing them to just to learn and to grow in God. This is the place to do it. Listen, VeggieTales has a, a certain appeal. That's wonderful. But nothing compares to here. Yeah. Okay, I know it's Bible study and I'm supposed to be a little calmer. The highlights, this highlights the importance of parents in training their children concerning practices that deal morally with societal issues and having a community-based faith group such as a church. That's why the church is so important to kids. And you want to see a growing church? Look for a church that has kids. Okay, where, where kids are allowed to be kids. I'm not talking about a free-for-all. I'm just talking about kids being kids. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, with children up around the altar praying and children. No, listen, that, I watched them on Friday night. Oh, can I tell you, Friday night, there was a good group of prayer, people here at prayer. That was wonderful. I watched the kids. They just march around this church on Friday nights. You just got to get out of the way. They'll run you right over. It's just beautiful. Them doing laps and getting exercise at the same time. What a wonderful place to have a child grow up in the church. The, the community, a faith place where the child can grow. Uh, uh, while some research does not clearly attribute churches or specific belief systems to a healthier well-being, it does clarify that such practices contribute uh, to um, observably healthier children. It is important for parents to have a good line of communication with their children, even from a very young age. So this, this type of thing can start right in the house of God, right, right when they're new, newborns. That's why I, said, I made the statement in one of our sessions that children that come... Uh, with the, with the mother, obviously, before they're even born, they get to be used to the sounds of church. That's why after a child's born, I can be up here hollering and screaming, and the child can be falling sound asleep. Could be because it's boring. It could be because they're already used to the sounds of church. 
couple reasons. Don't respond to which reason you think it is. Children often have difficulty talking about their unpleasant topics. However, open discussion can help the child deal with difficult or embarrassing topics and dispel irrational fears. Listen, there's going to be times when it's a lot of work as a parent to get your child to have a communication or, or to talk about certain things. My wife is an expert. She's just like a lawyer. No, I'm not, I'm not joking. She is. She's just like a lawyer. Don't let the quietness fool you. Okay, she's like a lawyer. She, she would get on the bedside of those kids, and she could tell if something was wrong. And she would sit there for hours until she got it out of them, what was happening. Don't allow them not to talk about it. You say, well, we don't have time. You can't help but take the time. They're going to talk to somebody. It better be the ones given the right advice. Okay, take the time for your kids. Take the time to listen. Have a good communication level so, so that it gets easier as time goes on that they, they feel comfortable sharing their concerns and knowing that you're going to be uh, confidential, you're going to be honest, you're going to be a parent that loves them no matter what. It's absolutely crucial. A child needs to know that anxiety is normal and that anxious feelings will lessen over time. Listen, there's, there's kids that, you know, they're, they're, they're anxious to go into new places. They're anxious to be with new people. They're anxious to be in a new class. They're anxious to have a new teacher. They're anxious to, to all kind. That's real. There's nothing not real about that. But building up a strong communication with them, it will help uh, them understand that that will lessen over time. Don't allow, don't allow uh, the challenge of communication to keep you from having open discussion with your children. Parents who routinely discuss difficult topics with their children from an early age often find their children more open to talk about the complex issues they face as adolescents. Don't say, well, they're just four. They're just three. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're worrying about the thunder, and, well, that, they'll get over it. No, don't. Don't have a discussion. Have a discussion so that when they're dealing with something serious that you may see as something more important and greater when they're 15 because you had a discussion when they were four and you had a discussion throughout those years, they will have a discussion with you when they're 15. My wife can tell you. Um, of course, our children are quite different as you are well aware and um, dad had a, mom, mom got the information out, and then dad had discussions to help get through it. So, for example, um, as you can tell with Miranda's personality, she's quite driven, she's quite independent, all that kind of stuff. And so... My wife would dig out all the information, and then dad would take her for a drive, or mom would take her for a drive. That's how, that's how we talked to Miranda. We drove. We spent more gas driving Miranda around, having discussions about things. 
She didn't want to sit across the table, did she, hon? She, she wanted to take a drive. I mean, it was drives, drives, drives. But while we were driving, she would talk. And those discussions opened up conversations that, that went through her teenage years, that went through university. You don't have to go to university and not serve God. No. You can go to university and serve God and be just as strong. It's about having open communication. Listen, a lot of toughest stuff is taught that may not be agreed with, but you can have a strong relationship that people can come out of university stronger than when they went in. Education doesn't turn people away. It's about us having open communication. See, from birth, parents can begin to incorporate uh, some social skills that will contribute positive results when dealing with societal issues. Right from birth, right from birth. And that, that includes the simplicity of things when they're very young, like sharing. What a wonderful concept. Sharing. Um, you, don't, you don't start teaching that at 10. I mean, you start teaching that, I mean, right from birth. Sharing. Cooperating. Now you say, well, these are simple words. These are words that are needed in an adulthood. Listening. Whoa, that's a good one. I didn't do very good at that one. No, seriously. I always go back to, you could talk to my wife. Don't do it, okay? I just don't want you to find out. But she would say, we'd be in a meeting, and she would say, you know what? And she's nice about it. You know what, Brent? You need to talk less and listen more. That's exactly how she would say it. She was right. No, seriously. I never have problem talking. Ever. But sometimes you just need to listen. Because guess what? That creeps right over into our Christian walk. We're in prayer, and all we do is do the talking. And we do less listening. And God wants to do talking too. Yeah, so I'm just being transparent with you. That's, that's some personality. That's, that's, I don't know what you call it, a lion mentality, a, uh, whatever it is. It's one of those people that like to control everything. Anyway, that's all I know. I can't help it. That's the way I am. I just have to listen to my wife and say, yeah, that's the key. I need to listen to her. Man, this is going out on line too. Teaching our kids to be able to follow directions. You know, it, it, starts, it starts as simple as um, not wanting them to touch something. They, they have to get the message that that's serious. And that can be also obviously taught. Well, that's, that's, that carries right through life, being able to follow directions. 
no matter what we're doing in life. And you can, you can put anything into the equation and say, you know what, as an adult, it's important for me to follow directions. I mean, try putting something together from Ikea. You don't follow the directions. You might have parts left over. It's important to follow directions. Respecting personal space, other people and other people's opinions and other people's contributions and obviously respecting space no matter, even in our own homes. Uh, um, for example, our, our rooms, our children's rooms, are respecting space, that's important. This is taught right from an early age. Using manners and making eye contact. These are things that you build up a strong personality in a person for them to uh, be confident. Uh, what happens is, uh, what happens in the negative is people at times talk down to people. We can get something across without talking down, trying to make people look um, inadequate or stupid or whatever the case, whatever word you want to put in there. No, that's, that's, we don't need to do that. Let's pick people up. Let's, let's go through the processes of sharing and cooperating. This is right from a child, using manners and, and, uh, and making eye contact. See, social skills give kids a wide range of benefits. I'm just listing a few. There's a way more. That's just an example. Uh, they're linked to actually greater success in school and better relationships with peers. Lockhart of 2021. These are things that will build self-confidence. Do you know how many people in the world today deal with low self-esteem? It's not because they're not talented. Not at all. But from an early age, the principles that we've talked about weren't taught. Or they were made feel like they weren't good enough or adequate enough or, or could accomplish. And all of a sudden you have esteem issues that are happening in people's lives. And the opposite is also true. You see some that have been affirmed throughout their life, man, they, they just feel like they can do anything in the world. No one's going to stop them. You could say, well, you know, that... That's a cockiness or an arrogance. There could be a little bit of that, but let me tell you, there's, there's, there's an affirmation that's been given right from a child. You know what? You can do it. You put your mind to it, you can do it. You do your best, and God will do the rest. It's a mentality. And we need to have our children, our grandkids, feel like they're not second-class citizens, especially as a Christian. I don't feel like I'm going to take a back seat at all because I'm a Christian. I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm going to allow God to use my life and do whatever he wants to do through it. Amen. Whatever the world does, that's up to them. But I'm part of this society, and God's blessed me. Amen. Yeah, so um, greater success happens in school and with relationships based upon social skills. Don't 
underestimate the importance of teaching from a very early age. Remember, I've stated it almost, I think, probably in every lesson. 70% of what a child learns is by age five. It's very important. Okay, in closing here. Uh, better educational and career outcomes are a result. Uh, researchers, researchers from Penn State and Duke University found that children who were better at sharing, listening, cooperating, following the rules at age five were more likely to go to college. They also were more likely to be employed full-time by age 25. Now, this is not something that someone pulled out of a hat. This is research that was done by two universities that people who were taught the social skills at a very early age had a greater opportunity. This is not based on economics. This is not based upon race. This is based upon social skills. The social skills that people who were taught those at an early age, by the age five, were more likely to go on to education and were more likely to be full-time employed. It's incredible. You say, is it that important what's happening at three? It's that important. It is that important. I wish every parent of a young child was sitting in this room tonight. You say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm done having children, and my grandkids are all grown up. Well, I'm sure you have influence on some, somebody's child that you can be a benefit to even children in our own church. Encourage, affirm, lift them up. Let them know that they have support. They have a community-based support in the house of God. Let them feel strength from the house of God, that they can be anything that God wants them to be. Right from an early age. Better success in life. Good social skills also can help kids have a brighter future. According to a study published in the American Journal of Public Health, a child's social and emotional skills in kindergarten might be the biggest uh, predictor of success in adulthood. Well, you know, I'm just, we're just sending them to kindergarten to give us a few hours break a day. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not true. You might, that might have been the motive, I don't know, but that's actually, no, there's a research that's been done that, that uh, the, the, the better success in life the brighter future that they have, according to the study, is the social and emotional skills that are taught in kindergarten can predict, can predict what a success will be in adulthood. Don't underestimate how important it is for your, for your children grandchildren or great-grandchildren, whatever the case is. Be an influence, a positive influence that down the road, listen, you may never see the result in, in, in measurable um, capabilities. You may not be able to say, well, you know what, I had, a, I had an influence in that person's life. But down the road, eternity will tell. Eternity will tell how 
how a positive influence of you praying for that child or, or, or just being a, a positive influence around that child, how that affected how they grew up. Okay, stronger friendships. Kids who have strong social skills and can get along well with peers are likely to make friends more easily. In fact, a study published in the International Encyclopedia of the Social and Behavioral Sciences indicates that childhood friendships are good for kids' mental health. Now, that's, those are words that are very prominent words in 2021, and this is a, this is a writing done in 2021, a journal. So what happens is they're looking at what's happening in kids' lives right now, and, and we've got, we got children that are being affected with mental health at young ages, at young ages. I mean, people are being overwhelmed and consumed, and I mean, it's, it's a struggle. Well, you know, one of the simple remedies for mental health is to have strong friendships, personal relationships, even as a child. It's, it's been proven. So say, well, you know what? Um, you say, I, I don't know what my three-year-old or four-year-old's learning at church. I, listen, let them be around the other kids that are here because there's friendships being built. There's, there's uh, camaraderie that's being built with those little kids that are actually being a positive influence upon their mental health. Say, well, you know what? They're just, you know, we're, we're there a half hour, an hour after church, and they're, listen, kids, there's something, about, they love being together. They love spending time together. They go in that fellowship hall, and they're over there running around, and I, I just let them run. I just let them run. Listen, they're building time over there. They're building time together that helps them through. We can't measure everything that's taken place. It's like, first of all, I'm not a doctor. I'm just going on studies that have been done that people are, are better off mentally if they got good, strong friendships. What a better place to have good, strong friendships than in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Same, same ideas, same, same outlook, same goals that we're aiming for. Listen, that's, that's been proven. So some practical ways to deal with societal issues of children. Uh, make the effort to become involved with children concerning societal issues right from birth. Expecting positive results. Don't listen. You how you approach the child can pick up whether you think it's going to work or whether you think it's not going to work. Whatever your attitude is, whether it's going to work or not work, you're right. If you don't think it will work, probably won't. If you think it will work, you'll do everything in your power to make it work. No, I'm serious. It's 
be positive with children, grandkids. You know what? Um, it can be as simple as them learning to tie their shoe. You can do it. We're going to keep trying until you get it. You're, you can do it. And I'm not against, you know, those stick-over ones, but I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I won't ask what those are. Number two, learn the interest of the child. Um, so, I, like, I, if, I, if I was to discuss with you, um, you know, our firstborn, of course, Miko, and you think, well, he's, he's, the, he's the boy, he's going to be like his dad, and there's areas that Miko is like his dad, um, but there's lots of areas that Miko's actually like his mom. And you, you, don't, you don't get to see this all the time, but the crazy acting part of Miko, that's actually from his mom, not from me. No, I'm serious. I don't have a sense of humor. I can't think of stuff on the spot. I don't even get jokes half the time. That, that spontaneous, that's from her. Now, he's got my boldness to add to that, so that's what makes it over the top at times. Learn the interests of the child. Listen, he, Miko can walk into a situation that's tense and he can have you laughing in a second. Me and Brother Robertson, we were traveling together yesterday. Won't tell you what it was about, but if anyone saw us going along in the truck, they would think we were high on something. We were laughing our heads off. It was, we were just having good old laughter. And my wife can tell you, Brother Robertson adds such a, a, a pleasantness to our, our team and our group, just the, the comical part. The, like, learn the interest of people. It adds to. It adds to. It's beautiful. Um, and that's right from a child. A child develops that right from birth. Um, learn to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask children questions. It's amazing what you can learn just by asking questions from kids. Kids have a wonderful ability just to come right out and say it. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no, they have a beautiful way of just being honest. That's why the Lord actually tells us to become like a child. There's such a, just a simple faith. Practice role playing. These are just these are just ways to deal with societal issues. Go through scenarios with your children that they have to deal with in society and, and help them understand, deal with answers, deal with questions, deal with the things that they're facing every day. You know, um, you know the answer, well, I, I don't do that because my dad preaches against it. That's not an answer. No, have the discussion. Understand the Scripture. Understand why. Okay, our, our, our children, um, the, the age that we live in, the, the time period that we live in, because I told you so, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Understanding the whys behind. Understanding how to, listen, if you don't know, don't be embarrassed to ask. There's lots of w w great uh, advice and 
and knowledge that people have that can share. And so practice the role-playing. Teach empathy. Teach empathy with you. This is, this is dealing with society. Always teach your kids empathy, compassion, uh, a care for other people. Number six, know your child's limits. Um, every child is not the same. Every child is not the same. And so you have to know your child's limits. And um, some children are able, capable, doesn't mean they're better. This means they're capable in more or different areas than other children. Understand the limits. And be a good role model. This, if we're going to deal with societal issues, they're watching you. Your children are watching you. You make fun, they're going to make fun. If you and I ridicule, guess what? They're going to ridicule. If you and I show compassion, they're going to show compassion. That's, that's the, you, be a good role model. They're watching everything you do. And um, this will become a coordinated effort with the Lord, of course the child's creator, who is well aware concerning every issue that the child would face from the womb and that's why when Jeremiah, Jeremiah wrote that verse, it's so powerful. Before I formed you in the womb, the Lord speaking, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Simply, he had, he had a work for you and I right from birth and even before. This is, um, this is a relevant, relevant information for our kids today. The, the second part, which will be next week's lesson, societal issues of children, which lesson six, um, next week we'll be dealing with technology. And the whole lesson is on technology. Um, that's what our children are dealing with today. We might as well just get our heads out of the sand, if anyone's got them still in the sand, and realize that our children are dealing with, and it's going to be even come greater, greater and greater. So um, next, next week's lesson is the societal issues of technology and the challenges that we as parents and grandparents and guardians have with dealing with technology, uh, with our children, our young, our young people that are being influenced. And um, obviously, as you can see from each of the lessons, it's pretty broad uh, coverage, but uh, there will be some statistics and things that I think you'll probably find interesting. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Thank you for allowing me to share these lessons, because uh, we decided to call it a love that lasts, because you know um, how we influence our children, our grandkids, uh, is a love that lasts, and um, this is going to go into um, all types of topics over the next 12 weeks, 
And there will be other people that will be speaking, my wife and Sister Robertson, Brother Robertson, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, different ones will be bringing lessons, but these first six lessons are all dealing with children. And uh, that is a crucial part of our society, and it's a very important part of our church. And uh, over the last couple of years, I think we've had 15 or 16 new babies born, and um, that is like the most exciting. I just am absolutely thrilled to watch watch new babies being born in our church, literally the just growth happening right within the family of God. It's just beautiful. And what a place, what an incredible church to raise your children. It really is. This is an incredible church to raise your kids. We've got dedicated people that care about your children, and I'm so thankful for that. And uh, we, love, we love the young people and the children of this church. Amen. Would you pray with me right now that God gives us wisdom and continue to guide us? God, I thank you. I thank you for every person, God, that's in this assembly tonight and watching online and listening. God, you know, Lord, Lord, that the heritage that we have, the, the heritage that you've given us is our children. Thank you, Jesus, for our heritage. And God, I thank you, Jesus, for such a blessing that you've placed upon our lives, our families. And God, I'm so, I'm so thankful for our church, God, and the young families and the young babies and the young children, God, that, are, that make up part of this assembly. And God, we're just praying for wisdom. We're praying, God, for instruction and guidance to do the best we can. Lord, to, to raise up a church, God, that's on on fire for you and loves you and serves you, God, with everything within themselves. God, I pray, let your blessing be upon us now as we go our separate way. Keep your hand upon us in every aspect. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Mission Point tonight. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.